Hey, this is Lee. I really hope you've been enjoying the Business of Marketing podcast. It's from marketers and for marketers, and my intention is to bring you value, experiences, and insights that you can use. Also, if your company would like to have their own podcast, I would love to help. The team at Content Monster specializes in B2B podcasts. So if we can help, contact me at contentmonster.com. That's contentmonster, M-O-N-S-T-A.com. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Business of Content Podcast, a place where you can learn how to use digital and social media to drive your business and personal brand. And now your hosts, A. Lee Judge and Dante Carter. Hello, once again, welcome to episode number three of Business of Content Podcast, where we talk about content creation and how to use it to connect with your audience. I'm A. Lee Judge. And I'm Dante Carter. And today we're going to be talking about content and social selling. What is social selling? How to sell while not selling? And when to go in for the ask? So, Lee, we're going to turn it over to you. What is social selling? So, social selling is, you know, when I talk to salespeople, the, it's their best alternative to cold calling. What is social selling? It is providing content to your, your prospects through social media, right? The key part of that is you're not selling selling. And that's the, usually the hardest part for salespeople to get beyond is they're not going to go right in with the sales pitch from day one. Social selling is talking to your social network, providing them value, providing them insights into uh, the industry or the topic or the solution they're looking for, and strategically surrounding them and surrounding them with their people who they are surrounded by with information. So it's being social uh, it, look at it as the way that you would do with a friend. If a friend is looking to buy a car and you know they're looking to buy a car and you just went through that, then you wouldn't say, hey, go down to this place and buy this car. It's a great deal. You would say, you know, I was looking for a car myself last week and uh, you have four kids like I do. So, you know, for me, SUV was the best thing. And I'll tell you why. You know, you may say, I know of a few places that, you know, are great they're, they're great. Uh, it's a great company. It gives great service. You may say, you know, this car has better fuel economy or you may just share your experience. That's the main thing. You, you would use social to share your experience. So the same thing as you would do with your friend. You can do the same thing on social media to to build trust, to share information, to be social and to give value without going in for the ask too quickly. And, you know, in, in this day and age, it's all about value, mm-hmm. thought leadership and what you can provide for me. But when you say it's an alternative to cold calling, Mm -hmm. usually when these businesses are cold calling, you know, we're blocking. Doesn't that same that same thing happen when it comes to social media? Like if I really if I feel like because you can tell when messages are automated. I mean, it's not very hard to see that. Oh, here they go. It's it's like cold messaging. (laughs) Yeah. The thing you do is you make sure you give a lot of value first. You know, it's it's like, you know, ask. I mean, give, give, give. And then ask, sort of like Gary Vaynerchuk's jab, 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 right hook. Don't go in with the right hook. Don't go in with the ask. I've actually been socially sold, so to speak, by someone who I've been communicating with for months. I had no idea that they had a product that I could use or a solution that would work for what I'm looking for. Now, they probably had a game plan. They knew that as someone working in marketing, I may be interested in, say, um, 
what do you call it, tchotchkes or, or giveaways, cheap giveaways or whatever you have for events. They probably knew that starting out because they knew I work in marketing. But what they did was first they built a rapport to where I trusted them. Uh, I knew who they were as a person. I knew things about them that they liked to do. For, they, they gave me a person first, right? Before they gave me a solution or product, they gave me a person. And then they began to expose their expertise, right? I saw them refer someone else to, hey, here's a good idea for the show you're doing. We've had, you know, there's, there's a, here's a T-shirt that might work for you. They never said that we sell T-shirts or that I work for a T-shirt company. They just said T-shirts would, would work really great for that situation. So eventually, and I don't even know because I'm, I'm on the customer side in this case, eventually it came around to I went and looked at their profile. They were an interesting person. I clicked, clicked on their LinkedIn profile <clears throat> excuse me, and found out that they work for a promotional company. At that point, I'm like, you know what? I've got a trade show coming up next week or next month I need something for. Why would I go to anybody else besides the person who I've already gotten trust with, who already they've already established themselves, themselves as, a, an, as an expert, and as somebody who wasn't going to just sell me as opposed to advise me, right? So I, I have to say, as someone who hates being sold, I was socially sold because she provided lots of value first. She was a person first, and which is what I always... You know, I actually have a, a few few clips on YouTube and on my LinkedIn channel uh, from a presentation I gave a few months ago on social selling. And you'll see in those clips, I really, really emphasize giving as much as you can before you ask. In terms of LinkedIn, yeah, if you get a, a LinkedIn request or a message and they give you the whole sales spiel and a link to buy something or a link to their product, you're going to block them. Like you said, it's the same thing as not answering that cold call. It's still cold. So social selling is designed to help you not be cold. So let me ask you this, and I'll ask you this, and then we can get to the next question. But how did this experience impact the way you go forward when it comes to social selling? Well, so even though I already have and understand the philosophy of give, 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 and then ask, the person that did this did it in such a way that I don't even, I don't even know if they had an original plan of how to sell mm -hmm. to me. If they did, it was crafted very well, and I give them credit for that. They they probably knew my persona as to being someone who eventually would be in the market to buy what they're, what they're selling. So it basically just reinforced or reemphasized how important it is to, to give value. And on, on top of that, I was able to, in addition to giving value within the industry, that person also gave the value of themselves. I got to see that that person was honest. That person was genuine. That person was interesting. That person would comment on my content that was not about what she was selling. That was the big part. Mm -hmm. So I think engagement was what the biggest thing I learned was. Yeah. She engaged with me and with my content. So I received a lot from her long before she asked me for anything. Right. So that was a big thing. Even though it was off her topic, she still engaged. That's powerful. Very powerful. I think the biggest question that, that the audience wants to know is, well, you know, you gave us all this value, but when do we go in for the ask? When do we've, we've done all this jabbing? My arm hurts. When can I ask? <laughs> I think so. It's going to be, you know, different for each person you're, you're giving value to. But I think you're going to see indicators. You're going to see people engaging with your content and they're going to reemphasize whether or not they're the right persona. 
so let's go back to that situation of the person who socially sold me. So she might have thought, okay, this person's in marketing. They're bound to be tied to events and trade shows. They're bound to need some some of my promotional material at some point. She engaged with me, and at some point, I would have mentioned an event. I would have mentioned some cool ways to promote something. I would have mentioned something that would have given her some indications that I'm in the market, that I'm thinking about it. She may have even seen me mention an event that my company was going to. So I would have given her social indicators, so to speak, that it's time to go in for the jab, for the for the right hook, rather. Right. So you can if you're truly engaging with your your prospects or with your people online, with your connections, your followers, whatever, whatever platform you're on. If you truly engage with them, they're going to give you a signal at some point to help you understand if they're ready to buy or if they're ready to to engage with you on a business level. So I would say if you can't tell yet, you're probably not engaging enough. And, you know, for the people that that might be trying to understand this whole engagement process, Mm -hmm. just kind of break down to them why engagement is so important. I mean, me and you have an understanding of why it's so Mm -hmm. important, but really just that emphasis on it for them. It's almost like fishing. You know, you can have a hook in, in the water with a worm, but you're just sitting there all day. You know, until somebody bites, then you don't know if you're being effective or not, right? So when you're engaging, you're putting out content. That's what we're talking about, right? Business business content, content for business. You're putting out content, and if your content is designed to raise the attention of your audience that you eventually want to sell to, if your content's on point, then they'll start biting. You start getting nibbles on that content. Someone will comment on the content they will have some input, some insights, some feedback. Again, they'll give you indicators that they're ready. And I wouldn't go for the right hook as soon as they nibble, you know, but I would engage with that person even more, you know, engage on their content. In other words, engaging meaning respond, comment, give some insight, give your opinion, accept their opinion, d- debate with them, you know, do something to stay on their radar, whether you're the person receiving engagement or giving it. So that you both, it's just like like a friendship. So you both are learning about each other, getting some indications of where each other stands. It's almost, I don't want to simplify it down to a friendship because these aren't people you know in real life, but the, the same principles apply. Yeah. The more you know somebody, the more you feel comfortable with them, the more you're likely to take their advice on something. So let me ask you this, and this is a little bit kind of, kind of out there, but mm-hmm. when you mentioned giving your opinion, Mm-hmm. We, as we all know, we're in this society of being PC, <laughs> yeah, yeah, saying the right things, or yeah. if you're not saying the right things, just not saying anything at all. In today's day and age, when it comes to engagement, when it comes to people wanting to to do business with people, mm-hmm. how important is it to have an opinion and not being fearful of what potential other yeah. opportunities may feel about that? I think it's important to have an opinion in context. In other words, there's still some some zones you probably shouldn't touch on at least on like a LinkedIn or a business platform. Um, I would suggest stay away from politics. Stay away from anything that's considered a, a hot button issue at the, at the moment, right? Unless it's in your industry, you know, or unless you're a politician, yeah, <laughs> of course. But uh, so my my views on opinions are. I wouldn't open a conversation with an opinion of a mass topic. On the other hand, 
if you're you have an opinion on your industry, on a product, on the way something should be done in your industry, then that just shows your expertise. So if you are a thought leader, uh, an analyst, a consultant, then you definitely have a valuable opinion in what you do. But it needs to be within your industry and within your realm. And I would say if you want to try to draw a line, it would be professional opinion versus social opinion. Right. So Mm -hmm. if it's a professional opinion, by all means, go for it. That's what we're looking for. We want value from you. We want to hear what your professional opinion is on something. Your social opinion, leave that for Facebook. (laughs) <laughs> no, no. And I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. appreciate you working that down because, you know, I've been to different seminars mm-hmm. and I would hear folks say you should always have an opinion mm-hmm. regardless of the issue. You have an opinion. People need to know where you stand and you need to be comfortable with where you stand. And I think even that is within a business conversation. You know, I mean, if the conversation was already in that realm, if it's a political conversation and we all know we're talking about politics right now, then by all means have an opinion. If it's about racism, that's the conversation, by all means, have an opinion. But if you're doing business, then your opinion should be about business. So keep it within the context of whatever the conversation is. And if you're looking at, say, I tend to, to, to lean towards LinkedIn in terms of business social selling. Yeah. If it's on LinkedIn, you're rarely going to have the social aspect on there. You know, it's going to be more or less business. Yeah. And in that case, you know, I have strong opinions about a lot of things, but when it comes to LinkedIn, it's my business opinion. So, but in this art of social selling, I know you've mentioned LinkedIn, 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 mm-hmm. but in the realm of that, how important is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, Pinterest, whatever? All of them important. All of them important. In fact, it's, it's a matter of what you're selling, whether you're B2B, business to business, whether you're B2C, business to consumer. And keeping in mind this, though, even if you're on Facebook, we're talking about social selling. Mm-hmm. So even if you're on Facebook and we're talking about social selling, you're there to do business, right? Yeah. So, you know, unless you're selling flags and concrete, it's not the time to bring up whether to bring down a monument or rebel flag. You yeah. know, <laughs> that's a social issue. In, in fact, I would even advise to have different channels, different uh, pages on Facebook for that. I mean, I have at least six myself, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Some of them, I have a lot more opinion than others. The ones that are business or business, the ones that are social or social, you know, um, I don't try to sell on my social ones where I talk about friends and family and hot button issues that I feel strongly about. It could be politics, race, you know, anything, anything. Those things are hot button issues that I talk about with closer friends, even though it's Facebook and it's the world regardless. But at the same time, I try to keep some sense of division between being social and working and talking business. But can you really draw that line with social media as blurred as that line is right now between the professional and that person? You can attempt. I'm not saying I do. I'm just yeah. saying I attempt. <laughs> I attempt. And, and it's it's fair to your audience, too, because I've got one channel that I go on that I say some probably some pretty edgy stuff. And those people who are there expect it. Yeah. Um, if I go to one of my business pages and say the same thing, they're going to be turned off. I wonder yeah. why are you saying that here? You know, now I'm always clear about I'm always me. I'm not changing who I am. I just uh, there's certain things you do in certain places certain things you do in other places. So it's just like you teach your kids about being appropriate. You know, some things are appropriate sometimes and sometimes not. So I just don't think it's appropriate. Here's my opinion here. Yeah. To not have some concern about mixing your audiences. Yeah. 
Now, Lee, I mean, you, you've given us a lot of great information um, during this podcast, but is there anything else that you really feel like the audience needs to take away from that I may not have even touched on? So back to what we're, you know, the, the purpose of our podcast is, is teaching businesses how to use content for business. So I guess what we haven't asked yet is I've told you to, to give, 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 but I haven't told you what to give. <laughs> okay. So, uh, you know, we did mention, you know, thought leadership and your expertise and your p- professional opinion, but also in terms of content, people want to see what you have to say, whether it be written in long form in blogs. They want to hear what you have to say, whether it be audio, like a podcast like this one. And they want to even better see you. If they see you in video, see you doing what you're doing, um, then that's real proof that you know what you're talking about. It's it's a way for you to give a more emotional con- connection with your, your, your followers or your connections. So you have to figure out what kind of content works best for you. You know, if you love talking, but you don't want to be in front of a camera, do audio. If you don't mind being in front of a camera, do video. Video can be your pillar content. It's what we do a lot with my company, Content Monster. We find your pillar content. If you record a video of something, then that video, by by its definition, has words that can be transcribed to a written word. It has audio for a podcast, and it has video. You've created three pieces of content there that can be chopped up per question or per subject off that one pillar. So there's a quick in a nutshell way to create content that allow you to to give 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 without having to put as much thought into you know how what do i give uh, people often get to that box that says you know write something you know what do you do today and they just sit their keyboard their hands on the keyboard looking at that blank box what do <laughs> i say you know do i need to be profound you know, what will my colleagues think? Is this professional enough? What do I say today? With the blank cloud sitting over the their head. The blank cloud with, with the <laughs> dot, dot, dot starting over and over. Like a yeah. text just starts over and over and over. That's where most people get caught. They get caught, they get caught right there. Whereas if they turn their phone on, their camera on, the minute they have a conversation, even often like when you, you and I get together for the podcast and we start a conversation, I say, whoa, stop. Save that for the podcast because we're going to end up having a lot of good points, a lot of value to give to someone that we've only given to each other. So let's record it. It's true. Give it to the world. Very true. So what you're listening to right now in this podcast is, is an example of that. And we may even take this podcast and chop these questions up piece by piece. It's five, six, ten pieces of content for each piece of each conversation we've had within this podcast. So there's an example of what you can you can give. And then even on that on that flip side, you know, it's. You can chop up the questions, but you can also say, well, you know what? Maybe I didn't get as detailed with that question as I want to. And you can write a blog. It was, you know, I was on a radio station (laughs) the other day Mm -hmm. and I had that that opportunity to really sell myself. Mm -hmm. But in the course of really selling myself, I was like, I don't think I sold myself. I didn't answer those questions as effectively as I think I could have. And I guarantee you while you were having the interview where you're talking, you had ideas. Wait, wait, I want to say more. Just make a mental note, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I was, oh. Next topic, next topic, next topic. But what did I do? I took the the bits and pieces that I had and um, I said, you know what? This is how I would have answered that question mm. had I had that time. And I think people respect that because we all have these moments of we're a deer in headlights. And we're like, oh, great question, but I'm not sure what to say. Mm-hmm. And I, I think those are also great opportunities to your point. And I, I think, you know, we hear Gary Vee talk about it a lot of the document don't create so even with this whole when i went into the radio show 
like they had their equipment, but I had my camera as well. Mm-hmm. I had all my little pieces to where I was just like, okay, how can I create content from what was just documented? And so I think that's that's very huge. Looking at ways of okay, how much content can I get from a, a certain place? Yeah. Whether it's a radio interview, it might be a, a morning staff meeting where uh, lots of ideas are exchanged, where your mm-hmm. audience can hear so much about how much you care about your clients and the people that you're serving, and it's huge. You know, that, when that's I, an emotional connection. Yeah, to see how much a human cares or what they do from their heart versus versus their mouth or their their paycheck, that is very important. That, yeah. that will carry a lot further than most anything you can write is just showing the human side of yourself. Yeah. I mean, that's 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 the one part that you can't teach. You can't teach somebody to be a human. Right. And it's the most truest part of that person, yeah. you know, because you and I could read a script and say the same thing, but I can't be you, you can't be me because there's certain things about us that are just us. And yeah. that's, the, that's the best thing about it is if you create content that is true enough to you, then it's not a duplicate. It's not what somebody else said. It's unique to you, and it's your personal value. Yeah, you know, just as a quick side note, I was reading an article about AI mm-hmm. and how as amazing as AI will be and can be, mm-hmm. the one thing that it still can't factor in is how humans will respond. And mm-hmm. because of that, there's always going to be a place for folks like me and you because, yes, the you can program this computer to do X, Y, and Z, but you still need a person who thinks like a person yeah, outside I mean, of just having this robot. I market for a company that, that, that writes, that creates software robots to help customer service agents. And there's always the fear of they're coming to take our jobs. They're going to take our, our customer service jobs. Well, there's a limit to that right now because the robots can't do what you just said. They, they can't provide the empathy, right, that, that a person could. Uh, now, there is software that can read you know your expression how you sound but reacting is another story so what happens is even in that realm the human part is needed because what happens is the the robots help the agent and the agent has more time to be human so bringing it back home being human that's the that's the thing you can do on camera or a mic or even in your writing if you're a good writer to just be yourself and be human yeah it goes back to the point that we talked about in our first episode. People connect with people before your products or your services. So before you get to selling what you do and what you provide, sell who you are. Connect. Sell who you are. All right. That wraps it up right there. Sell who you are. <laughs> That's the best way to do social selling. <laughs> That's the best summary. Sell who you are first. Yeah. All right. Before you sell your product or service. Yeah. All right. That That's your give. Give you first. Yeah. Give, give, give. And then finally... Go in for that right hook and get you an ask. Yeah, but you've already massaged them, so to ask is so much easier. It's so much easier. It's like asking a friend for a favor yeah. instead of a stranger for a sale. Ooh. <laughs> can we end on that one? We can end on that one. <laughs> Dante, where can we find you online? Hey, you guys can uh, catch me at www.cartermedia.net. You can find me on Instagram, prcarter03. You can find me on Facebook, Dante Carter, Carter Media Group. And, hey, connect with me. I want to talk to you guys. All right. And you can find me. This is A. Lee Judge. You can find me on LinkedIn under that same name, A. Lee Judge. And you can also find me on my website, contentmonster.com, M-O-N-S-T-A, contentmonster.com. We'll talk to you next time. This is, again, episode number three of Business of Content. We're out here. (laughs) Peace. Thanks for listening to the Business of Content podcast. Brought to you by ContentMonster.com and Carter Media. 
If you enjoyed the show, please don't forget to give it five stars and subscribe to the show on your favorite podcast platform.